This is Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's his You know, sometimes podcast conversations come together on a whim, literally at the last second. Sometimes they are even commenced with those who are not usually among the podcast host genre, if there is such a thing. Unfortunately, my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, Mr. Michael Carboneau, is shockingly under the weather <laughs> yet again. Um, good golly, Miss Molly, that guy is a walking medical ailment, but it's all fine. He'll be back and rip-roaring and ready to go before you know it. But speaking of people who usually do not join on a regular basis as podcast co-hosts diving into all things paranormal, strange, and mysterious, I am joined today, ladies and germs... By noted Bigfoot expert, noted Bigfoot explorer, trapper, professional fur trader of the Babbitt, Minnesota area. Yes, I am referring to the one Joe. Now, I was going to say one and only, but that gets kind of redundant. But uh, the man formerly known as Mr. Show, yes, he has returned just in time to save the Paranomaly Zone from a uh, a week of despair when we cannot get an episode out to our loyal and awesome listeners. Yes, Joe, it is good to see you. Shockingly, we are going to be talking Bigfoot with the yes, Bigfoot expert and explorer, Joseph Koffenberg. Good to see you, buddy. Now, I know you've been busy. I know yes. you've been out in the woods. Oh, yes. I know you've been uh, tracking, uh, discovering, um putting yourself in precarious, death-defying situations out in that mountainous wilderness area known as Babbitt, Minnesota. Tell me, how have things been going in your professional Bigfoot excursions? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me, sir. It is wonderful to be back. I really enjoy doing these podcasts for you. And to Michael, the medical ailment man out there, please get well soon. And uh, thank you for letting me, uh, have, let me have the privilege of being... Uh, stepping into your shoes and trying to do the best we can. And on to that wonderful question you asked me, uh, Sir Patrick of Patrickville. Hunting and gathering has never been one of my strengths, so I don't do that. Oh, okay, so you're, I you're do neither. I step inside the woods, and I do do a tree knock here or there, and I make a whoop and a whoop, and I listen oh so diligently, 
But unfortunately, I never bring my camera or my recording devices, and I never get anything. See, that's so, a that's a big part about being good. that's a big part about being a Bigfoot uh, researcher is that you usually need equipment of some yeah. form or another. But you, on the other hand, you're starting a whole new venture, a whole new, <laughs> a, a whole other way of Bigfoot research. Exactly. My idea is that if you don't have anything with you, Bigfoot can sense that and they will show yourself. The only bad point is that you will not be able to convince anybody that Bigfoot and you were standing 10 feet apart. So, with that being said, I'm going to have to try to find the tactic where I Mm. seem like I don't have any equipment and Bigfoot may seem like I don't have any equipment, but yet I have all the equipment, if that makes any sense. Okay, so you do have... um... Now, I don't want to get too too deep in the murk here, but there are very small, dare I say, microscopic uh, recording devices that maybe you could utilize some of your bodily orifices to, uh, <laughs> to that, that advantage. Because Joe here has actually had a conversation, straight-up conversation with the Bigfoot uh, as recently as last month. How'd that go? Oh, it was quite uh, intriguing, very interesting. He was a charming fellow, and it was a he. It was a he. He grunted a few times, and I, I kind of translated it as the word gruff. Oh. I think Bigfoot's name, that one, was Gruff. Okay. He says he's part of a family of four. Gruff. And uh, I learned to translate this over the years by markings I find in the woods. And usually oh. the little markings on rocks, like they're little um, divots in the rocks, like somebody carved something in there. So oh. I kind of ended up translating that into uh, words. I so see. I kind of figured out some of these words and uh, Gruff was a nice fellow and we had a good conversation. He knew I didn't have any recording devices. So he was open to explaining how Bigfoots are around this area. And hmm. uh, we got along quite well. And I gave him some <laughs> of my tuna and uh, some orange juice. And he was he was good with that. Tuna and orange juice. That's an interesting combo. I, I, he, never I like had, he never had tuna before. He goes fishing. But he's—he never had tuna. Well, tuna aren't available in the Babbitt area. Um, no, no, it's walleye and northern pike and yeah. perch and sunnies and bass and things of that nature. The, the so. standard, the standard, the yeah. standard northern, you know, Minnesota. Uh, now, did fish. you did you open the can of tuna or was it like the powdered tuna or what? what how did no, you I go opened about the can of tuna? Okay. I showed him the uh, can opener style, that you know, the hand one. Where you, and, okay. and he was fascinated by that. I let him borrow that too. Well, actually, I let him have it. Oh, I'm so, not sure what he's going to. I'm not sure what he's going to use it for, but well, he's got it. So there's a a roaming Bigfoot in the Babbitt area carrying a can opener. Okay, he's carrying a can opener, and if you do happen to run into people, uh, his name is Gruff, and you have to introduce yourself by doing this. Ah, okay. So can you repeat that? Can you repeat that just so we have it on audio? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it kind of went in and out of the. On, on the audio here, but that's okay. That's all right. I think we got this. It's all good. We got that's the gist. Okay. Now, it's kind of funny when you said you were first uh, conversing with Gruff, and um, he sent you a few grunts. I thought, yes. you, I thought you were going to say you interpreted the grunts as grunt. <laughs> I thought that would have been, you know, you kind that of... would have been perfect. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but the moral of the story is this. Uh-huh. Don't assume anything with Bigfoot's. They are highly intelligent creatures, and they do speak a little bit of English. You know, they've been around for thousands and thousands of years, and how could they not pick up some of the English language by hunters and loggers that are constantly in the woods swearing and, you know. Oh, amen. Oh, you know, and they go, uh, you know, tree down or whatever the hell they yell. 
So they do know the word tree. They that, did, he okay. did say tree to me. Oh, I pointed nice. at I pointed at one, and he goes tree. Tree. I'm like yeah, yep, perfect. They do know English a little bit. Yes, oh, that, that's 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 good to know. That's fascinating. They that they know a little bit of English. They've been able to to mimic uh, throughout the yes, years. Perfect mimic. Yep, mimic tree. Mimic tree is very. They but learn they, some hunting ways as well. But they also understand. They don't just mimic. They understand what they're talking about. That's fascinating. That's fascinating, cool. Joe. Noted, noted Bigfoot but, but explorer. None of this is, but none of this has been recorded on audio or video. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is, uh, it's, it's slightly important in case you want to convince somebody, like you said. So Yes. But hey. And yes, we, and yes, we have fun. And yes, we joke around. But that's how unfortunate it is for most people who have Bigfoot sightings. Nobody oh, hell knows. yes. Hell yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a perfect segue. Um Noted Bigfoot explorer and fur trapper and uh, yes, uh, just all around good guy. Man about town. Man about town. The hairy woodsman himself, uh, Mr. Joe. It's good to see you again. Yep, we're talking all things Bigfoot. It seems like every time you come back, Joe, we're talking about Bigfoot. Um, I know it's just a it's a natural progression of nothingness. <laughs> right. I was gonna say, it's not, we don't really progress. Yeah, no, we, we don't. We, we but kinda, I threw the nothing in this because it yes. basically is the same. But you are, uh, you and I have talked about this off air so many times, and Mike is in the same boat, obviously. I mean, um, for Mike and I, ghosts, and, and yeah, I think I can speak for him. Ghosts is our, if we have to label it as a favorite, ghosts is our favorite topic. To me personally, yes, for sure, yep. because it, the existence of a, of a ghost would mean so much, obviously. It would be so potent, so powerful. And my second in line, my second favorite would be Bigfoot. And then it would be followed by aliens. And I think, but I think Mike is. I think aliens would take number two for Mike. But uh, Mike, if you're oh, listening oh, out nice. there, uh, uh, correct me if I am if I'm mistaken. But I think that Bigfoot is one of your, if not the most favorite topic to discuss because you had a long, Absolutely. a long-standing fascination with this phenomena, and in all sincerity, I mean, Absolutely. you know, Babbitt is a small town. You're up there. You're up there in the woods. I mean, you're just outside of the woods, you know. But it's, oh, oh, let's let's be let's be frank. You can be Joe. I'll be frank. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but a bum bum. Um Minnesota, for the most part, pretty heavily wooded, lots of wildlife, thousands of lakes, you know, potentially a a hot spot for suitable habitat for Sasquatch slash Bigfoot, right? Um Absolutely. you you've um well how can I say this? Uh you've I don't want to say experience. You believe you may have seen potential Bigfoot tracks. You even took a photo of them. Um, it's posted yeah. on the it's posted on the Patreon page. Very, very interesting. Very, very large, large tracks. But the space in between these tracks is what makes them interesting. Your daughter, Chloe, claims to have seen something in the damn uh, yeah, the ditch, ditch or whatever. Yep. during the winter, I believe, driving somewhere. I don't know. But in the Babbitt area. Chloe, I know you're listening. Correct me if I'm wrong. Joe, very... she was going up to Tower to see okay. her then boyfriend uh, Riley, who she's now her husband. Sure, uh, she she's her husband. He's her husband. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never she's know nowadays, right? Never Whatever. know. <laughs> but yes, my beautiful daughter is very. She's very keen to anything cryptid or ghostly. she just seems to those experiences seem to just latch on to her for whatever reason, and maybe she's yep. just highly attuned to. I think so. Certain things, but mm-hmm. yeah, she. I, I believe. And of course, she'll correct me too. But I, I believe she was going up to uh, 
uh, either pick up Riley or go stay at his house or something like that. Now, very, at the time, I'm a, up in Tower. Very briefly, talk about those photos you took. Yeah, okay. So, and I've talked about it before, it's just driving into town, Winter's Day, I don't know if, how many years ago it was, and uh, we had to go get groceries or something like that. And just in the Embarrass area or outside of Embarrass area, I, I mean, I can't explain it. All I'm saying that is, is the that name of a this, town. Just in case people yes, don't know, that is the name of a town. Minnesota. It is. Um, it was on the record for cold. There is a thing that hit like 60 below one year, one winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can get cold. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a, um, a open open acreage of just nothing there but land and then there's snow and uh, not snow excuse me then there's trees and then there's a uh, some then there's a house and then there's trees all surrounding the house so there's a house like and then a driveway and then an open area uh, i don't know how how big it is half a football field or whatever sure. just open open space and then the woods and as we were driving by all there was was it was all nothing had touched anything but there were these these big footsteps in them that were all in a line going to the woods but what's weird in a sense so i get out and i stop and i take those pictures but it was also had also had either come from the woods or it was coming from the other side of the road right and going to the woods because there were steps coming from the road i was just going to ask were there down. actually were there prints or, or footprints from the other yeah, side of the were, road there were ones in the there were there was ones in the ditch kind of okay kind of you could it was more like dirt and stuff so yeah the impressions weren't as good but there were so some was, there were something yeah that, something had come or gone you know what i mean sure in that thing and i was like it made no sense. And then what I've read about Bigfoot is when they walk and make footprints, it's usually in a line. Mm-hmm. It's not like these staggered things that kind I read. And this sure. is this straight sink, sink. And the spacing. And then I looked up and I did all kinds of research of animals walking in the snow. I did from deer to moose to bear to rabbit to pigeons, to fox to yeah, pigeon, <laughs> turtles, and, uh, those damn the, winter and, turtles up in Babbitt, yeah, I tell you. Big ass dragonflies we get down here, <laughs> up here or whatever. So I did that research and then in deep, and then I say in deeper snow, what it looks like. And I just kept doing it. And, and animals do, they leave. Nope, he froze up a little bit here, but that's okay. Keep talking. The, the, the recorder's going. Oh, and then I did humans, what a human would look like walking with that. And that, no sense. A human. Whatever, it made no sense because it was clear. Any other part that there wasn't any. No, now we're getting reception problem. Bigfoot is in the ether. He doesn't want Joe to share the story. <laughs> so it was a footprint, nothing, footprint, nothing. Yeah. And just like this perfect chink, chink, chink. And, how and far, the spacing in between. I was just going to ask, like, how, far, how far, how many feet in between each uh, impression? <sighs> oh, geez. I would say a good two to three feet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a, two and a half feet, two and a half feet in between each thing, but it was, yeah, it was just fascinating. So, just you know, it, and I, like one more. I know we've talked about this and just to play devil's advocate and you know, what are the chances of it being made by a smaller animal 
leaping from place to place and then like the snow melting and then creating a larger impression. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I, but I, I you said it was saying. also deep though. They were deep. The, yeah, the prints they're, themselves. they're deep in there. They're a good, you know, geez. That looks Eight like, about, I was just going to so. say, yeah, almost 10 inches. Yeah. It's fun yeah, to so, think of it as possibly and, and being was, one. Yeah, and I, I don't recall it being... You know, I thought it. I think it was like five below or zero degrees. You know, in, the, in that time frame when I took the picture, it was yeah. cold. Nothing's gonna melt. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, like I'm saying, I was just playing devil's advocate because you know that's what skeptics will automatic automatically ask you, and you know, right? Oh, yeah, and rightfully they, you know, and so. And they have that right, absolutely, because you know I can't. I wasn't honestly paying you know pay attention to weather, but I think you know it's not gonna hold up in a. You know, in a in a in a court <laughs> in a courtroom, if I say I think yeah. it was gold, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you think it was gold? It was either cold or it wasn't. Gold. I, you know, <laughs> Your Honor, I suggest this man is a liar, and he shall be removed from the premises. And then they drag you by your beard, and, and then you... they yeah, exactly. He's like you, Bigfoot liar. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fascinating. So I took those pictures and. It was just really neat. Like I've never seen that before ever. Yeah. And and then I tried to contemplate. Well, I know there was a house next to it, but right, perfectly. So the person living there decided to walk from their house this way into the woods, and, turn, and, and then, then just go right in the middle of the thing, and then go up the road. Yeah. But there were the thing is there were no tracks on the other side. So go, there, going, as I recall, yeah, going out. Further Going past the road. the road, yeah, 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 because there was some in the up, like in the ditch area on the other side of the road, coming yes. up, coming up. Uh, no, was was the road itself covered in snow at that point, or was it mostly dirt? Mostly dirt. Okay, as far as I recall, yes. But like I said, you know, it's fun to think of that as being a possibility. And if you if you are sincerely interested in the subject, you can go to the BFRO website. You know, there have been several uh, posts loggings, however you want to call them, of Bigfoot sight sightings in the Babbitt, Minnesota uh, area. Yeah, there's a handful. Some guy, um, there's this thing called Wassa Town, Wassa Town Hall right. uh, where, uh, area where a guy saw um, a bipedal creature at, at night in the ditch, running in the ditch. Yeah. And then a couple, and then there was another one of a guy who goes out hunting or logging or something and something threw a I think his story was somebody. Some, he heard somebody throw a tree, or I don't know, something that scared him. Good Lord. Anyways, God dang. you got to look him up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's one thing you don't really expect to to hear is someone throwing a tree. Yeah, <laughs> something. Like, I, I'm hmm. probably going to be wrong. Somebody's going to correct me, but had something to do with. He, no, he never went back. Joe. Let me. He, I'll, he I'll tell you something right now, listeners. Never correct us. I'm telling you that right no, now. No, <laughs> that's right. Everything is a compliment saying your research was fine. <laughs> flawless. I'm telling you right now, it's flawless. So we there's Absolutely. a there's a reason that a lot of this stuff is off the cuff here. So it's it's okay. But that's what makes the paranomaly zone what it is, boys and girls. So um, we appreciate it. And, and the thing is what sucks is that. You and I, as rational human beings, well, speak for yourself. The, okay, well, <laughs> me as a rational human being, and I know you are too. Look at it as when people are coming back at you with, I guess, 
lack of a better word, negative comments or or just saying or being the devil's advocate, like you said, we go. We totally understand it. We go. Gotcha. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Okay, that make that makes sense, but nobody is ever going to come back at you and say, you know, that. Do you get what I'm saying by that? It's like we are the ones that are always being the um, understanding side and kind of going, sure, yeah, yeah, I can get that, I can get that. But then you're the person that believes you saw something, and everybody does it. It's like, well, yeah, well, you're full of shit. You know? <laughs> But you can, you know, it's like, it's like, well, yeah, it's like, okay, I can, I can accept your negativity. I can accept your skepticism. That's totally understandable. I mean, that's, that's, you have to be a skeptic, but at the same time, why can't you just, why can't you be kind and understanding towards us too? We're not lying. We're not saying that this didn't happen. We're not saying that we don't believe in this. I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Be a little bit rational and say, give us our due diligence and say, yeah, that could be a possibility too. But I believe, but nobody does that. It seems like. I can say, yeah, I get it, but I believe I've seen one. They go, well, my opinion is that you're a piece of (laughs) (laughs) You're a liar, and uh, you should be taken out back and uh, shot in the forehead. Yeah, you know, know, casual uh, reactions like that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, I I jest, I kid a little bit, but it's all good natured. Um, We appreciate all of the feedback we get, trust me. Um, It's, that's half the reason why we do this. I mean, we're passionate about having a fun chat on these podcasts and uh, we love the interaction so um more to yeah, it because we're good more to because it. we're good people by the way we're, we're decent people are you and uh, are you really and, well no but i'm just okay. saying i have to say it to say oh i had a had a half oh. half hiccup half burp he had a, he had that. he had literally a little burpee a little burpee i, was like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I just swallowed the fly in the middle of uh spring oh wait a minute no it's winter yeah don't die have some fly Okay, uh, I was just going to call you Mike, by the way. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so so used to saying, anyways, Mike, um, this will be an interesting conversation. Um, I dug up some old newspaper clippings, newspaper uh, articles slash reports going way back in the day of alleged Bigfoot sightings. And I just think they're so fascinating to go through these. Uh, I believe, Joe, you and I may have done something similar years ago uh, during the Alternate Realm podcast days, but uh, not so as the Paranomaly Zone. Um, again, we've done so many of these episodes, they all start blending together. They they honestly do. <laughs> Just like our real-life memories start to become like memories of fake memories, and then before you know it, oh, that's right, I was the president of the United States last week, you know. <laughs> It's like, yes, no. or my stupid records are not my records, according to my older brother. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and our father wasn't our father, and our mother isn't our mother, and it's just like, oh, no, no, Ow. nothing that we have believed for damn near 50 years on my part, and over 50 years for your part, none of it is real. It's all fake. We should, yeah, that should have a podcast simply on people's memories, because oh, I, I do have a memory, Patrick, and you do have a memory, uh-huh. but apparently... Two of our other brothers know everything that <laughs> right. happened, and we our memories don't matter. It's because they, back in the day, even when they were six years old, they were jotting down notes. They were keeping yeah. a daily <laughs> journal. Yeah, they got a diary, yeah. and they had they had you you know one of the first video cameras <laughs> right. in our in our family. Uh yeah. So that's just how it works. Um, we all have oh, those. We all have yeah. those siblings who just have to uh, 
say, no, you're wrong, and I'm right. And let me tell you exactly. why. Let me tell you exactly what it, what it is. But we love you. Well, I'm sorry, didn't mean to bring it up in case you're listening. I love you. It has nothing to do with they're hatred. Not, they're not listening. <laughs> no, <me>. I don't. <laughs> you can say whatever the hell you want to say. But those are my damn records. Well, the first thing that I wanted to bring up here, this is it's, uh, listed as Fishwrap. Fishwrap.com. This is actually a portion that says blog.newspapers.com. I apologize. But the article itself says Fishwrap, the official blog of newspapers. So there you go. And the, uh, the segment I found is Bigfoot sightings in history. Go figure. That's what we're talking about here. Some of these are just fun. And just bizarre and creepy. If you set your if you set your mind to it, and you kind of place yourself then and right. and there, it's like damn. Um, I get it. I get I get where half of the legend starts and grows because imaginations tend to go go a little wonky. This is from the Long Island Star. This is from Brooklyn, New York, and it was published September sixteenth, eighteen eighteen. Wow. Jeez. Yes. And don't let me forget, Joe, I also want to share some journal entries by a a legit explorer slash trapper and someone who is credited with perhaps discovering the first discovering and documenting the first Bigfoot tracks in North America. Uh, his name was David Thompson. In 1811, he came across these mysterious very mysterious tracks, and that absolutely flummoxed him. And he kept his own little journal, described them. Don't let me forget that. I want to read that. It's fascinating, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> Joe's like yawning, and he's taking a nap right now. He's like, okay, it's story time by Patrick. Time to tune out. I no, that's not what a Jesus. <laughs> Jumping, Jerry. Every mother. Oh, it's a, yep, I'm totally you, listening. You have to understand that's also becoming a running joke on my part. Because I say that, in all honesty, but kind of facetiously, I don't want this to be story time with Patrick. Because oh, no. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. me yeah, being a gotcha. listener. Oh, this is this looks cool. Bigfoot, you know, historical big, Bigfoot articles. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to listen to these experts talk about the history of Bigfoot sightings. And it's just this guy reading. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Hey, once and upon a time, what, boys and girls. Right, exactly. There was a hairy wild man. A <laughs> hairy wild man called the Sasquatch. So this, like I said, from Brooklyn, New York, the Long Island Star, September 16th, 1818. Report says, now this is, I'm reading. Let me now. interrupt. Let me interrupt for yes. just one second. Okay, okay. Just on a historical perspective. 1818. Yeah. I believe, I believe. You were not alive then. And I was not alive then, but I believe like Thomas Jefferson and John Adams were still alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But thank you for 18, saying that. 18. <laughs> well, I'm just saying historical <laughs> perspective. Founding fathers yes. at this moment. There's a story about eh, it just kind of no, fascinated I, me when you said the date. I got gotcha. you. Like, hey, that's pretty cool. Let me. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. whatever. I, I wonder. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Joe, Joe's mind just kind of. Takes a walk every now and then. <laughs> I was just thinking about Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Um, let's see here. Now I better just for um reference, I'm going to go back and uh, make sure that those that statement is correct. Off the top of my head, I'm like, well, yeah, it seems obvious, but you never know. Oh, about that being alive. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Reports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh crap. So then you're going to edit it because I'm wrong. The report says that, and this is this is how it reads now. Report says. 
that in the, the vicinity of Ellisburg was seen on the 30th day by a gentleman of unquestioned veracity, an <laughs> animal an animal resembling the Yohu, Y-O-H-O, or wild man of the woods. It is stated that he came from the woods within a few rods of this gentleman. Now, I looked up what rods means. Is that like 10 feet or? In terms of measurement. Um, yeah. yeah, it's an old English term, uh, an old English unit of measurement, which equates 16 and a half feet. Oh. But variations also have described it as being from anywhere from 9 to 28 feet. So it's like, well, what the hell? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, it is wet. Is it 9 feet? Is it 28 feet? That's a slight difference. But anyways. Right. It is stated that he, the wild man, came from the woods within a few rods of this gentleman, that he stood and looked at him, then took his flight in the direction which gave a perfect view of him for some time. He is described as bending forward when running, hairy, and the heel of the foot narrow, spreading at the toes. Hundreds of persons have been in pursuit for several days, but nothing further is heard or seen of him. The frequent and positive manner in which this story... What the hell is that word? I, can't, I honestly can't read that word. In which this story something <laughs> induces us to notice it. We wish not to impeach the veracity of this highly favored gentleman, yet it is proper that such naturally improbable, if not impossible, events should be established by the mouth of at least two or three eyewitnesses to entitle them to credibility. So they're saying, while we believe this guy, we need to hear it from a few more people. Okay, it makes sense. I get it. Yeah. But... It, it wasn't an unfavorable story. No, no, no. But again, 1818 New York. I mean, that sounds like a fairly typical description of what it, we now recognize as Sasquatch slash Bigfoot. Right. Large, right. hairy... Interesting description of the feet, a narrow heel spreading at the toes. Um, kind of intriguing. Very intriguing. And don't you just think in in all reality, if it comes down to you had to make some kind of final statement on uh, Bigfoot in general, is that I'd have to believe that they're just Gigantopithecus mm. uh, is still around. It's, right, you know, because that that is a factual creature that we all know really existed. Yes, and only what, like ten thousand years ago was Bare, the last yep, one yep. or something like I that. I mean, in the blink of an eye, in the terms of you know the age of the Earth, man, a blink of an eye. Yeah, that just seems way fathomable, uh, way more fathomable, yeah. fathomable to me than and if you had to put it in perspective, maybe that's just kind of they never really went away. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. You know, and there's, again, I we, we were lucky enough to talk to the highly esteemed, uh, respected Jeff Meldrum last, you know, two summers yeah. ago. You know, and God bless Jeff Meldrum. He is recovering. I see that he is actually posting again on social media. Um, he had that really scary medical incident back in September or... Oh, October. he did. I didn't know about that. You didn't know yeah. about that? Oh, no. He, uh -uh. Was, he was on a cruise. He was on a Bigfoot, like... Um, convention and they were on a ship when he had a very severe almost fatal medical incident uh nothing really has been specified what happened but he oh. was he was darn near not on this earth anymore it was pretty scary. wow and so he's back he's finally returned um 
As far, I know it sounds bad. He's finally returned to social media, but that's the only way that we can really follow him. You know, those who don't know him personally, obviously. So I, th- I think people should, you know, if you're a skeptic who is ever listening and you're really, really skeptical about Bigfoot in general, ha- sit down and have a pleasant conversation with uh, Mr. Meldrum because he is just, if you want to, th- because you, you think that people might be crazy and loony and listen to their stories. Listen to this man. He he's just a brilliant man. He's like I, I can't explain it when well, you he's, listen yeah, or he's, watch an interview. He's just this normal, normal, whatever you want to call it as man, just expressing his views about whatever. And who, well, he who has believe him. He has scientific biological evidence to support his belief that Bigfoot is real. And I mean, he's a he's been <laughs> he's a, uh, and uh, what's the word I want to describe here? Because I know, and he, I know he mentioned it on our chat with him. Go watch our video on YouTube chatting with him. I mean, it's an hour and a half of him sitting there talking and making Mike and I feel dumb. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we're like, this guy's smart. <laughs> That's know? right. And you go, I got question for yeah. you, Malcolm uh, man. I mean, he, he's, he's a doctor of anthropology, physiology, anatomy. He knows what he's talking about. Go read yeah, his book. Absolutely. Go read his book, his book, uh, Legend meets science, you know, the story of Sasquatch. It's it's fascinating. It's a great read. But again, I'm glad he's 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 recovering. So I thought, did I get to my point? I know I brought up Meldrum before we talked about his medical ailment. I hopefully he'll come back to me, but um now we're looking at another article. Because that's what we do here. We're smooth. We're smooth on the paranormal zone. Smooth operator. Ooh. Thank you very much. You're welcome. This is from the Weekly Arkansas Gazette from Little Rock, Arkansas. This was published Friday, May 30th, 1851. Ooh. And it's titled Wild Man of the Woods. And it reads, The Memphis Inquirer, Inquirer, gives an account of a wild man recently discovered in Arkansas. It appears... That during March last, I like I love the, how things are written and how things have just changed over the years, because it yes, appears that yes, during yes. March last, Mr. Hamilton of Greene County, Arkansas, while hunting with an acquaintance, observed a drove of cattle in a state of apparent alarm, evidently pursued by some dreaded enemy. Halting for the purpose, they soon discovered as the animals fled by them, that they were followed by an animal bearing the unmistakable likeness of humanity. Ooh, that's a wonderful statement. He was of gigantic stature, the body being covered with hair, and on the head was long locks that fairly enveloped his neck and shoulders. The wild man, after looking at them deliberately for a short time, turned and ran away with great speed, Leaping from, get this, 12 to 14 feet at a time. Woo! His footprints footprints measured 13 inches each. This singular creature has long been known traditionally in St. Francis, Green, and Poinsett counties of Arkansas, sportsmen and hunters having described him 17 years since. A planter indeed saw him very recently, but withheld his information lest he should not be credited. 
Sounds pretty common. No one wants to report these things because they get they're, weird. Back in 1851, yeah. they're like, this guy's going to say I'm an idiot. I don't want to. I don't want to say what I've seen. How many thousands and thousands and thousands of people, Joe, have experienced either Bigfoot encounters, ghost sightings, what have you, and they just don't want to tell Rip anybody? Kids of any kind. They yep. just don't want to tell anybody because of their their fear of being ridiculed. It's just just dumb. Like, why does it? What? You're not saying they're dumb. You're saying it's dumb. Yeah. Overall, no, I'm saying what is the purpose for the majority of people and that you think that you're going to be ridiculed, which you, you would be. But what is the purpose for the human race of non-believers to ridicule you? What is their you don't get paid for being an asshole. I know, do you that. don't pay they... to be a jury. It's like, why? Why? <laughs> what is the like, what does it hurt you? Are you not going to get pregnant? Are you not yeah. going to get married? Are you not going to fall in love? Uh -huh. Are you not going to win the lottery? Are you not going to do anything in life? Does do my beliefs somebody? do my beliefs literally hurt your feelings and you can't deal with it? I mean, it's seriously, Pat. It blows my mind. Oh, I, I gotcha. I don't get it at all. Why the difference of anybody and somebody's beliefs and this and that, and it happens obviously still to this day. I don't get why people hate people. Just because of the color of your skin or just because who you want to be in love with or who you want to be as a human being. I don't I will never understand hate. Oh, I understand like, it. You are going to get married. <laughs> you're a man and that's a man. And you two are going to get married and you're going to ruin my life. And the <laughs> exactly. guy's a millionaire. You know what I mean? The guy's a millionaire. You're going He's to got a you're, wife and 13 kids. You're going to ruin my life. And I literally live 50 states away from you. You know, and that's, that's oh, it's so fucking, um, excuse me, my language. Well, that's fine. It's so freaking frustrating to me. Well, it, you know, on a much just, on a much lighter I, note, on I a much, went off. I'm sorry. No, on a much lighter note, a much lighter example. Um, like we got a couple replies for our last episode, one in particular was, I, we handled it, I handled it fine, because I know the guy, and he's been a guest on the show, he's a great guy, he's, he's known professionally as Mr. Z, he's the um, like official movie reviewer for the K-Fan network here in Minnesota and all across the country, he's a very ultra successful mm. K-Fan. You've probably, I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard of Mr. Z on the Power Trip several times, Joe, if you listen to the Power Trip. But he's, he's a fervent non-believer, he's a skeptic, he, um, I don't want to say that he is um, an atheist. I don't want to speak for him, but he doesn't believe in anything. And he, he's been—we've had him on the, on the show. We've chatted very respectfully back and forth, Mike and I, and and you know, sharing our thoughts, sharing our views, and you know why why okay. we disagree with each other. And so I posted one. I when I posted the link of last week's episode, ghosts in film, and like the the potential reality of how ghosts have been portrayed in in, in movies. Yes. And <laughs> Mr. Z immediately wrote back. He's, he and he starts off by going. Oof. He goes, basically, he's like, there is no evidence of ghosts because they do not exist and they're the blah, blah, and yada, yada, yada. And he's kind of going on and on about that. And I pleasantly replied back saying, well, you know, I, I disagree with you. And, but respectfully. And I believe he threw out the example of some like movie portrayals being proven as hoax, hoaxes, movie portrayals of ghosts being proved as hoaxes or such. Like the Amityville portrayal of yeah. those. And, and he's saying the, the paranormal story itself is a hoax and other examples. But I wrote back and I shared a gif of Slimer from Ghostbusters and I said, wait a minute, Slimer isn't real? 
<laughs> so I thought that was yes. I thought that was an apropos reply, and we respectfully okay. went back and forth. I, I apologize for going on now, but I am in the same boat with you, Joe. We just don't understand the need for people to tell you that they disagree with you and that you yeah. are wrong. And it's right. It's like right. Well, well, I okay. It's why does that bother you so much? Why, if someone believes in God, why does that bother you? If you don't believe in God, that's that's not that's, that, that's you. That's you. That's you. Yeah. That's right. fine. Um, I just, I don't understand the urge to tell you that you're wrong. But anyways, and, yeah, and you you word things a lot better than me. You word things much better than me. <laughs> well, I learned from yeah. I learned from Gruff. He taught me how to speak. Yeah, Gruff is he's a wonderful person. So the article continues. A, it says uh, the watch. wild the wild man after looking at them deliberately for a short time turned and ran away with great speed. Like I said, leaping from twelve to fourteen feet at a time. Footprints measured 13 inches. This singular creature has long been known traditionally in St. Francis, Green, and Poinsett counties, Arkansas, sportsmen and hunters having described him for 17 years since. So they're saying that the story has been common. Um, well, sightings had been common 17 years before this had even occurred. A planter, a planter indeed saw him very recently, like I said, but we held the information out of fear of ridicule. Until the account of Mr. Hamilton and his friend placed the existence of the animal beyond... Cavill, not the actor. Isn't there an actor with the last name Cavill? Henry Cavill, the Superman. Yeah, so basically beyond dispute here is what he's saying. So yes. now he finally came forth, this planter. Goes on and says, a great deal of interest is felt in the matter by the inhabitants of that region, and various conjectures have been ventured in regard to him. The most generally entertained idea appears to be, this is interesting, very interesting, that he, the wild man, was a survivor of of the earthquake disaster which desolated that region in 1841. Mm. Thrown helpless upon the wilderness by that disaster, it is probable that he, the wild man, grew up in this savage state until he now bears only the outward resemblance of humanity. So that's that's interesting <laughs> way of looking at it. They're like, well, it couldn't possibly be another species. It's simply, literally, a wild Man who's been thrown a large one, a very large one who can jump 14 feet at a time. Um, and he chases cows, he, ch <laughs> he chases cows. Hey, I mean, they have to try and make them make themselves feel better with a quote unquote logical explanation, I, I guess, right? I mean, this is new stuff. 1851, they're going, What the hell is this? We have to have a rational explanation, and you could, yeah, and you can kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. When you're start when you're starting out about oh. certain things, um, however, it's still the whole idea of there's a story it's published, and I, I suppose um, I think we've talked to the, talked about this before is when somebody has a sighting and tells you a sighting and writes it down in uh, you know in early history in 18 the early 1800s or whenever it is or even the early 1900s there's no social media there's no money to be had so more than likely you're you're, you're not doing it to fool people nobody you know like you're not trying well there's to no fool you know the, anybody you know these smaller nobody knew about it these local stories i mean like you said joe they the potential of them spreading like wildfire to forgive the 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 use of that phrase you know um, the potential of it, of them to gain fame from sharing a story like this is nil to none or, or, or however you want to say it. You know, it's 
the chances of them making a name for themselves out of out of making up a story in 1818 doesn't seem too you know talk about rational it doesn't seem too rational of an idea no <laughs> to me no because no, I, I want a game okay Martha Martha while you're you're making that bread you're you're making those custard pies we need a few extra dollars to feed our our children Are you- our youngins. Our youngins. After supper tonight, I'm going to write down a story. <laughs> a story. I'm going to talk about a large, hairy man <laughs> who I saw, yeah. oh, I saw. Be- behind the woodshed. <laughs> and I'm going to mail that story to the local post office. Drop it off at the local post office. And you wait, darling. We're going to be rolling in money rolling in dough. before no teach, time. <laughs> and I'm going to teach our youngins, especially Meatball, the story <laughs> of the wild man of Arkansas. Oh, there's a long history of what came of poor little Meatball. He was our favorite child. He was our favorite child. <laughs> Delectable little boy, meatball. Damn it. What popped in my head? Uh, it, uh, that was good stuff. Um, Sorry if we offended anybody with our accents, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that comes from nowhere. Uh, I can maybe give people the benefit of the doubt for di- our not wanting it to be true or saying or, or arguing. Say, ah, it doesn't exist. doesn't exist. I guess there's a fear, maybe there's a fear amongst many human beings that if it was 130% proven that Bigfoot was real and there was the proof everyone needed, there was just something that the bad thing was that with everybody and their grandmother then would grab a camera and go searching for Bigfoot and that could end up being a disaster to some of them being killed and... And I get that, you know, if that comes from that type of place, I understand the idea of keeping them, keeping the, mm-hmm. them safe. It's like keeping endangered species safe. Let's just this and this and that. I, I guess I can give something to that nod of. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that one. You if know, that I, makes any sense. No, like you said, you know, that will lead to eat, you know, everyone and the grandmothers grabbing their cameras, but also like you hinted at everyone and their grandmothers gra- grabbing their rifles. You know, if they, they want to be the one to prove that this creature actually exists. And, you know, Joe, we've, we've thrown this out there before. And, you know, I have, I have a few more articles to share here. But I want to get your opinion again on the, the argument, either for or against, the required proof that is a Bigfoot slash Sasquatch body. It's, it's debated, highly debated, whether or not we need that anatomical evidence or if there's some other way to prove that this thing really, truly exists without causing it harm. I mean, it's it's a tough one. It really is. Yeah, it is a tough one because video video in and of itself is not going to convince anybody. Or the majority of people are still going to go, well... If, if you're a hardcore, if you're a pseudo-skeptic, nothing's going to convince you. Nothing. No. Unless no, Bigfoot, you can, like, you can. unless Bigfoot tackled you and said, hi, I'm Bigfoot. Hi, yeah. And then still they would say, well, you're speaking. <laughs> Except big feet aren't supposed to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is a good. That is a 
That is a quandary of all quandaries. Where, where, all where does where does your morale fall on that side of the fence? Do you do you think we need a body? Oh, that's a gosh, that's a heavy question because part of myself wants the left half. The, gr- the great, yeah, <laughs> wants the greatest. Uh, video ever that was proven that yeah this is this is big but you you know part of you wants does this go yep i I need that i need that i need that to validate my own beliefs because i think all of us believers of things want to be validated and something that will validate it 110 percent we need in a way to be like see i can told you Uh uh for years that this is real but then the other part of me still wants it to be a mystery because then it's oh, sure. just So does it does it make it less interesting if this thing was proven to exist would it make it less interesting to you is that what what you're getting at or That's a great question. That's another one. That's a hmm. god dang. Probably. I guess if I was honest to myself. Okay. Sure. It's like, you know, that extinct species that you found. Oh my god, I found an extinct turtle. Yeah. Oh well, okay, it's alive. All right, let's go <laughs> on to the next one. Your your brain automatically goes on to the next extinct creature that they're looking for. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fun. The hunt, the hunt, and looking for it because I watched that. Uh, oh, that <laughs> gentleman, I forgot his name. He does extinct or alive. It's a show called Extinct or Alive, and he goes out on these supposed uh, these um, locals are saying that they've seen things here and there that resembles the Tasmanian devil or. Okay. Or, and he's done these different things with uh, some kind of wolf in, in Newfoundland that's extinct. And he's found two, I think he's found, he's found a handful of supposedly extinct creatures and he's found them. But the hunt to look for it is the fascinating part. Oh, sure. When you're I, talking I get to you. people. And then when it's done, it's like, well, I'm going to go into the next episode and see what he's hunting now. It's like kind of in a way you don't care anymore yeah. because it was found. It's Okay. And I'm afraid that's what it'd be for Bigfoot. It's like, oh, okay, there he is. So, so, um, forced to answer, uh, and I'll move on to some of these articles. Articles here, but um, if you were forced to answer, though, Joe, to prove prove that Sasquatch exists, yes or no, body needed. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that one too. I mean, I was, I. Uh, I'll tell you this. I would, I'll put it I would, this way. I would think that it would... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yep. No, I'd put it this way. If I was the one, if I came across a Sasquatch somehow, and for whatever reason I had firearms on me, I wouldn't be the one to attempt to put it down because I, I, I don't want to do that. But... Oh, I wouldn't. I'd be like, is there another hunter in the area? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but I hope you understand what I'm, what I'm getting at. It's this, yeah. it's like the same argument about like I don't want to I don't want to be the person who's slaughtering the damn cow that I eat, you know, in my hamburger. You know, I can, right. I look I look at these cows and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, those things are cute. You know, they're just they're innocent creatures." And how many of us gorge ourselves on hamburger? You know, it's oh, kind of being hypocritical. It's hypocritical on our parts. I get it. I know. I'm the same way. I I wouldn't do it. It'd be like, "Nope. I'm going to call up Tommy. Tommy likes killing things." Tommy <laughs> He's Tommy, actually you like killing things. You want to kill a Bigfoot? Yeah. Ooh, hell yeah. He's literally known as Tommy the Killer. So that's yes, he is Tommy the Killer. 
Everyone has a Tommy the Killer in their family. So if you're listening, though, you know, uh, we try to throw out questions every now and then to get some listener interaction. What do you think? Do we, in order to prove the existence of Bigfoot to you personally, would you need a body? This article, Ooh. this article is another one from Arkansas. This one's, this one's from Helena, Arkansas, from the paper The Southern Shield. And this was published Saturday, May 1st, 1852. This might be a follow-up. I'm not sure. It says, the wild man again, is what it says. Mm. It goes as such, we are credibly informed by a gentleman of this city that the wild man has been seen again in the swamps of Arkansas. He derived his information from two gentlemen who were out hunting and approached as near as 20 paces to him. His appearance was so frightful that they did not attempt to approach any nearer. He is described by them as being about 7 foot 2 inches height and covered completely with black hair interspersed now and then with gray. The story or the representations of him as last seen published in some of our papers they pronounce untrue. He has no claws to his hands and feet nor is he 8 or 9 feet high. Still, he would be a curiosity worth seeing. We understand is the intention of some of our citizens to capture him if possible. In the way of shows, he will be the wild mare with the hippodrome thrown in. Interesting. Memphis Express. So that was sort of a follow-up to one of those Arkansas sightings, but these gentlemen were kind of correcting the prior descriptions of it, saying it wasn't as big as the prior description said. It did not have claws, and so on and so forth. So does that add a little weight to the sighting? Perhaps. Um, I don't know. Joe's shaking his head as well. I mean, it's kind of hard to hard to decide on that one. Are you are you holding in a, a fart right now? No, no, oh. I'm just listed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there we go. it goes. This one, forgive me, uh, uh, I have to zoom in on my phone to read this one. This one is from the Cincinnati Inquirer, home of the Cincinnati Kid. I was going to say that, <laughs> damn it. And if you understand, Cincinnati Kid, good old kids in the hall. Kids in the hall, exactly, exactly. I implanted her with my Cincinnati seed. <laughs> I'm a Cincinnati kid. It's humor. What a guy. It's humor, everybody. It's uh, the, the kids in the hall. <laughs> okay, this one, like I said, from the Cincinnati Inquirer, published August 3rd, 1895. So about 40 years past these prior articles. Wild Man of the Hondo, a creature that terrorized a Texas district, carried an enormous club and baffled every effort to capture him. So now they're Ooh. getting a little... A little dramatic here. Now this is carrying a club. It's got a weapon going on. Yeah. That's kind of terrifying to think about. Sasquatch yeah, no carrying a club. Yikes. So, and, I, you know, and then of course my article just, uh, it shrivels up on me as things happen every now and then. When you get older, things start shriveling. <laughs> it happens, doesn't it, Joe? Does it? Oh, yes. You don't know? You don't know what I'm talking not about? Not like, not like Guru, not like yeah, I'm not going to say it. Okay, don't. Like, no, I won't. <laughs> and the article goes on. This is a, a long one, so I won't read the whole thing. 
Uh, for nearly two years, southwestern Texas has occasionally been agitated by rumors of a wild man who inhabited the mountains of the Hondo and the Medina. Recently, recently, this monster has been frightening women and children and creating consternation among the settlers and cowboys. About two months ago, a Mrs. Anderson, the wife of a rancher living on the headwaters of the Modina, was driving in a buggy with her two little children along a lonely mountain pass. A little after sundown, when near her home, she was suddenly confronted by a naked giant. Oh, no, it's, oh, my it's, goodness. it's our brother who sprang into the road in front of her horse, making savage gestures and yelling like a Comanche Indian. Now, again, this is published in 1895, everybody. Don't get your, your, right. your undies, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, undies in a tiss here. This lady, this lady has been raised on the frontier, and she has heard the war whoop of the Red Warrior on the war path. She has, too, been close to a stampeding herd of 6,000 steers and she is familiar with the cyclone of the plains. But she says that her meeting with this wild man of the plains frightened her as she has never been frightened before. Briefly, it Ooh. goes on to say, the monster danced about in the road, wielding a club five or six feet long for several moments. The horse became badly frightened and made desperate attempts to turn around and escape. Mrs. Anderson says she had hardly time to collect her senses before the thing disappeared <laughs> one of the children looked back and screamed mama he is coming this this did not need further warning nor did she draw breath between the blows she was raining on her horse until she was well within reach of protection so yeah they were terrified by this giant naked club wielding thing wow that's frightening now the club part Bigfoot have been known, described as, you mentioned that a long time ago, Joe, perhaps using pieces of wood for what have become commonly referred to as wood knocks. Yes. So it carrying something described as a club doesn't seem too out of the range of belief. To me, it doesn't at all. I mean, it's just carrying some sort of implement of, I mean, who knows? Maybe it was of communication. Maybe it was using it to... Maybe it was a hole in its own backyard. Who the hell knows what was going on with that club? Hunting, anything. But describing it as naked, obviously, so it must have perhaps been either, well, either male or female, noticing yep. the, the female uh, mammary glands, body I parts. suppose, the yep. body parts, the, the male genitalia, who knows. Yep. Um, there have been descriptions, not to get, again, too deep in the murk, too deep in the mud here. People have... Um, who have claimed to have had close encounters with male Bigfoots, have described them as having, I'm sorry for the description here, a sheathed, um, you know. Penis. Penis. There you go. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot penis. There you go. Um, it's sheathed and would only become visible when it was excited, you know, for whatever, ah, re for yeah, whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe, it maybe it felt, um, as it says here, agitated. It felt right. it was in fear. It was defensive. Who who knows? But there are Correct. lots of descriptions out there that, uh, I don't know. And it wasn't our cousin. It wasn't. It was unsheathed. <laughs> Hard to believe it was not our dirty, dirty cousin. Yes. Who yes. shall go unnamed. Yes. 
<laughs> so what do you yes. think? I mean, what do you think about that story? That kind of, that was, that's, a, that's an intriguing one. I, that one I do recognize. I believe I shared that one back in the day on the Ultimate Rail podcast because I recognize oh. the, of course, I recognize the naked Bigfoot because that's what sticks out. Yeah, that's what's, oh, no pen, no pen. No pen. No, no, no pun intended. Joe's, Joe's reverting to his attempt to speak with Sasquatch right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Gruff, Gruff is calling me. He's not calling me, but he's calling me. Yeah, that's fascinating. Very uh, intriguing. And I love how stories were written early on, especially those early stories from the 1818 and 1818, oh, sure. whatever. It's, uh, I mean, it sounds English style. It's, it's cool. It sounds dramatic to us, but that's just, that's the prose, I guess, of how it was, yeah. back, you know, back in the day. Now this one. How we're just dumb as a box of rocks. You know, man, I swear to God, not to go down. Oh, excuse me. Not to go down a, a rabbit trail, but I really feel like the human race is just becoming more and more stupid. And they and are. and you know what? As awesome as technology is, we all have our phones. We're all blown away by what we can do on our phone. Yep, absolutely. I it's 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 melting our brains. It's it's really oh, it's given us no need. Agree we. Yeah, it's given us no need to literally do um research think for yourself think for yourself i mean every answer to every question is at literally the end of your fingertips i mean you just oh i got it i'm smart no you're not yeah we were down in california um dropping lane off uh you know when uh this last summer and obviously we were all aware of it, but there were the Amazon robots driving around, you know, <laughs> they're delivering. They were right on the sidewalk. We saw, we were yeah. driving around. There was one going down and it went and stopped right by the stoplights and it was waiting and flashing and stuff. And then waiting to cross across the street. I mean, we just got things uh, that yeah. deliver us everything. There's the, the Amazon drones that they're trying out. Oh, it's yeah. like, this drone right to your house. Here you go. Plop. It's like you don't need to fend for yourself much anymore. It's kind of like everything can be. You get a job at get a job at your house, and get all your stuff delivered to your house, and you'll just stay in your house, and that's it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, kind of pertaining to the topic at hand, there is some pretty intriguing drone footage, alleged footage, or I should say, footage of alleged Bigfoot. <laughs> That drones have captured over, you know, heavily wooded wilderness area. Oh yeah, those. Yeah, that's awesome. Where right. you see something, it looks like a big hairy dude walking where he shouldn't be walking, and it's like, what is that? And why is he there? Why is it there? Yeah, it just um, happens to be caught by this drone. That makes you think. It makes you think. Like, or even recent footage that Silverton Sasquatch footage where that couple filmed an alleged Sasquatch on the on the kind of a hillside slope, not not a mountainside, but they're on a train. The train was on a long-ass trek across the country. They happened to go through Silverton. They happened to be looking out the window. They happened to see this thing just trudging along the side of the hill, and they film it, and it looks amazing. It's like, is this... If this is a hoax, it's a well-organized and well-planned hoax. Yeah, no, I just, that's the one I was watching, the one in Colorado, guy, the uh, guy from Florida, they were on the train going through uh, the Colorado mountains, and then on that slopey slip yep. rocks and everything, there's this brown creature yes. walking, and then it squats down. Yes, behind like a bush or something. 
Yeah, and you get a huge, you get a very good angle of it, just the hair on it and everything and how hairy it was. And it seemed pretty large. And then it squats down and sits there as the train rolls on. So it's like, okay. You get what I'm saying, though, Joe? I mean, if that was faked, that's one of the most well-planned, well-organized. It's like, okay, at approximately 3.32, we are going to be passing by this desolate area on the hillside, nearly mountain size hill um i want you to dress up i want you to walk up that well about 100 200 yards and and hope that uh, we time it correctly (laughs) yeah you guys ready you you all for it so we're we're taking off um tomorrow morning we should be through there by wednesday Uh, so make sure you're there and uh and you have to wait a few days you just gotta wait you gotta (laughs) wait until you hear the train And then put that shit on and let's go. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, well, you know, it takes a little bit of effort to put this costume on. I'm telling you, you got to be ready. You, you just got to be there. Just wear it. Wear it for a few days. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun to watch. I was watched, I watched it uh, multiple times before we did this podcast. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Trying to figure that out. I was like, oh, okay. All right, then. Well, I have one more article here to share before I uh, read that journal entry of the David Thompson. Then we'll wrap it up, Joe. Um this has been a really fun uh, discussion. Thank you for doing this with me. Absolutely. This is from the Boston Post, from Boston, Massachusetts. Achusets, published Monday, October 7th, 1895. Still at large is what it says. And, and of course, I lose the article. But hold on. I'll find it. Don't worry, boys and girls. <laughs> it happens. Still at large. The nutmeg state's wild man continues to roam. Has a fondness for onions, it says. That's one thing, Joe. Your secret is out. You didn't want to say that earlier today. That is one of your tricks of the trade. You slather yourself in onions when you head out. Before I go, yep, absolutely. And I always gruff always shows up. So they're the exact opposite. You hear about like how uh, how vampires have an aversion to garlic. Right. Sasquatch is the exact opposite. They love crushed onion powder. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Now, how does your wife feel about you smelling like onions all the time? Well, she asked me, what are you doing, honey? <laughs> this is the fourth time this week that you've gone outside, uh, w- one, smelling like onion, mm-hmm. two, you have a giant onion necklace around your neck, and three, you're wearing onion boots, and four, you've got a giant bag of onions. I mean, can you, where are you going, honey? And five, and five, honey, you literally despise the taste of onions. So what are yes. you doing? That's a little-known che- fact. Are you cheating on me? That's a little-known fact to our listeners. Joe, talk about having an aversion to onions. Joe would rather cut off his left nipple before he eats an onion. And Hell yeah. I don't oh. think I'm exaggerating on that. I don't know. See you later, nipple. <laughs> you're looking at the onion and your nipple, and you're like, it's one or the other. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Honk. All right, still at large, the nutmeg states... Wild man continues to roam, has a fondness for onions. And it reads, <laughs> For over a month, reports of a wild man having an existence in this vicinity have been current. What the exact size, shape, and character of this alleged... Sorry, my, my page keeps <laughs> disappearing on me. What the exact size, shape, and character of this alleged untamed male member of the human family is no one seems able to say with any degree of certainty. It has been reported 
that he had been captured, but this is also not so. Now, a red onion with two holes bitten in it is the strongest bit of evidence yet offered to prove the existence of such in the area. So, I got I to skip here for a second. That says the creature walked and once it struck a barbed wire fence, the roar that came from its throat was that like of a wounded lion. Ooh, nice one. This is the terse and specific statement of the witness Webster. It will be observed that he does not embellish it with any exaggerations about a fiery breath or a sulfurous odor or any of those superstition imaginings which have been destroyed which have almost destroyed the belief in wild man and jabberwocks. Which is interesting, ah. the idea of a sulfurous smell back in 1895 being reported as evidence, but at the same time, this being observed as supernatural in some form, leading to less credibility. It's funny mm. because how often do you hear people say, People, you know, those who have claimed to have seen or encountered a Bigfoot, they say there's that awful odor downright near, you know, I don't know if they describe it literally as sulfurous, but it stinks. That's what you hear. right. And that being observed back in the day as kind of supernatural in in nature. That's interesting to me. I guess if you stunk, you were supernatural. stinky. Yeah. Yeah. It goes on here. John Hall, the stage driver, saw the uncanny creature jumping from tree to tree and going on all fours. He hmm. thought it was a cow at first until he heard it growl, and as the cows in Litchfield County do not growl, <laughs> Hall knew that he had seen something out of common. Then comes a John Robert McDonald Cleveland. That's a long name. Mr. Cleveland does not profess to be a connoisseur of the wild man. He does not pretend to be able to classify the genus into groups. But when he is in confronted, but when he is confronted with a Hoary howling fact, that's H-O-A-R-Y, howling fact, he knows what he knows. John Robert McDonald Cleveland is a living, breathing witness who has seen the Jabberwock, interesting reference, Jabberwock of Winstead. He has been close enough to the creature to distinguish its long fangs and see its glittering basilisk eye. He has personally witnessed a wild man in the act of eating two, three, yay, a dozen onions. There's that onion reference again. Huh. He says without hesitation, and as the country orators say, without fear of successful contradiction, that the Jabberwock is one is such fearsome suspect that it would loosen the skin on the frame of any ordinary man who would dare to look upon it. So there you go. That's pretty. Again, I love the running or the writing styles. You know, I know it would loosen well the written. skin of any man you will who loosen your skin. That means you are scared shitless. So that's interesting. Apparently, Bigfoot likes onions, red ones. So, hey, that's more more tips for you in your next uh, jaunt out into the into the wilderness of Babbitt, Joe. Oh yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you- Hell yeah! <laughs> He's literally cleaning his glasses right now. I can just see the excitement just bursting off of his his oh, skin ah, is loosening. It's I'm telling exploding you, exploding right out of all the nether regions of my soul. All right, very, very, very briefly, and then we'll wrap it up with some final thoughts here. This is uh, the dot, uh, the David Thomas Thompson story. As I said, he was widely believed to be, and again, correct us if we're wrong, the first uh, North American explorer to potentially document 
potential Bigfoot tracks. To keep a very long story short, this took place in 1811. Jasper, Alberta, alongside alongside the Athabasca River. This is in the journal from January 7th, 1811, from Mr. David Thompson. You ready, Joe? I am absolutely ready. Let's do this. And I apologize for more story time with Patrick, but it, we, it needs to be done. These are the words of David Thompson back in 1811. Continuing our journey in the afternoon, we came on the track of a large animal, the snow about six inches deep on the ice, I measured it, four large toes, each of four inches in length. Four-inch toes. Four of them. Big ass To each a short claw. Each toe has a short claw. The ball of the foot sunk three inches lower than the toes, which, I have to say, is important. That is an important detail to note. The ball of the foot deeper than the toes, which makes sense to a walking motion, the weight of the animal falling back on its heels and then yep. perhaps pushing off on its toes. Yep. Three inches lower than the toes. The hinder part of the foot did not mark well. The length, 14 inches by 8 inches in breadth, walking from north to south and having passed about six hours. We were in no humor to follow him. The men and Indians would have it to be a young mammoth. That's interesting. Huh. And I held it to be the track of a large, old, grizzled bear. Yet, the shortness of the nails, the ball of the foot, and its great size was was not that of a bear. Otherwise, that of a very large old bear, his claws perhaps worn away. This, the Indians would not allow. Now, this stuff, like, hit him and stuck with him so much that he continues to write down journal entries 40 years later, okay? This is an entry by him 40 years later, like I said. David Thompson writes, expanding on this experience. January 7th, continuing our journey in the afternoon, we came on the track of a large animal, the snow about six inches deep, as I said. Four large toes, I said that. Three inches deeper, I said that. Yada, yada, yada. We are no humor to follow it. Yada, yada, yada. The men and Indians would have it be a young mammoth. Yada, yada, yada. The claws perhaps worn away. We get that. Then he says, I now recur to what I have already noticed in the early part of last winter when proceeding up the Athabasca River to cross the mountains in company with men and four hunters on one of the channels of the river, we came to the track of a large animal, which measured 14 feet in length by eight inches in breadth by a tape line as the snow was about six six inches in depth. The track was well-defined and we could see it for a full 100 yards from us. Very, very clear tracks. This animal was proceeding from north to south, as mentioned before. Did not attempt to follow it. We had no time for it. And the hunters, eager eager as they are to follow and shoot every animal made, no attempt to follow this beast. For what could the balls of our fouling guns do? Not balls, balls. I'm talking about the bullets, the balls, not the bullets. You know what I'm saying? The BB. For what could the balls of our fouling guns, fouling guns, they have guns, that could kill birds, they're not going to attempt it on a giant, large, hairy (laughs) biped. Right, there you go. What could it do against such an animal? Report from old times had made the head branches of this river and the mountains in the vicinity the abode of one or more very large animals to which I never appeared to give credence. For these reports appeared 
to arise from the fondness for the marvelous to so common to mankind. But the sight of the track of that large beast so staggered me, and I often thought of it, yet never could bring myself to believe such an animal existed, and so on and so forth. So I won't bore you guys anymore with that. That's actually quite a long journal entry. But obviously, David Thompson, revered explorer, fur trapper, 40 years after his original sighting of these tracks, still had no reasonable explanation for, for what that was, what yeah. this was. And to him, it was not a bear. Um, couldn't have been a mammoth because, as far as we know, they no longer existed at that point. Uh, yes. That's a whole other discussion in itself, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but, Joe, yeah. what do you think he came across? I mean, what do you think, Doctor, uh, Doctor? What do you think David Thompson found and measured and was baffled by back in 1811? Oh, maybe? Perhaps? <laughs> could it be Satan? Satan? Oh, I... <laughs> Uh, Bigfoot there, pal. That seems so highly unlikely. uh, Highly unlikely. Highly likely that that's... (laughs) That totally goes against our argument. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't Bigfoot, buddy. By the way, I'm writing it. I'm marking down that time because I want to use that as a soundbite. You sounded so freaking hilarious. You say, it's Bigfoot there, pal. (laughs) So I'm going to use that as a soundbite. (laughs) That was great. Okay. (laughs) 115 or so. I got to find Joe's. Uh, he's a Bigfoot there, pal. There's a Bigfoot there, pal. And uh, so. <laughs> yeah. To. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. For, answer your question. Yeah. That would be. Uh, I will take Bigfoot for 100 there. Alex. Okay. Gotcha. So, gotcha. 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 You know, the, you know these. Obviously, it's, a, it's amazing and fascinating because those seem to be like. If you're a skeptic and some form or the other. I think these early, early stories would be more uh, credible for your, you than now with the cameras and the things that we have to, <clears throat> that people want to be uh, famous or they want to be this, or they want to be that back then there was nothing to even matter for any, yeah. you know, any purpose other than to trying to figure out what something was and to, I take that as a highly credible eyewitness of these unknown footprints so you know and even even as some of those articles suggested back in the 1800s most of those potential witnesses didn't want to reveal what they saw out of fear of ridicule ridicule i mean sounds kind of similar even you know more than 200 years later yeah it's it's kind of a shame but criminy christmas joe (laughs) criminy christmas what a saying right there good lord I mean, you're you, an old man. We were a couple, maybe a hundred years past this, maybe not. You could have, dare I say, been burned at the stake back in the day for saying you have seen such a thing, such a demon, such a devil. You were cursed if you came across oh, such gosh, a being. Yeah. yeah. It's just, God darn it. You're just not allowed to do, you know, <laughs> you can't have, a, you can't have a brain and you can't have your own thoughts and you can't go, hmm. You can't have experiences. Maybe this is, yeah, you just you, you can't because it's it seems like the world is dominated by brain dead you know, I don't want to believe shit. Do what I say and be what I be and look like I look world. It's not dominated by the the open-minded souls of the world. It's you know, it sure seems like it when it Definitely in regards to a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the show here, you know, all things paranormal, strange and mysterious, you know, as much as I do believe that there has been a, an expansion of 
the open-mindedness of the nation, basically, of the world. I do think that more and more people are open-minded, but at the same time, in counteraction to that, those skeptics have become more and more skeptical and more and more uh, uh, closer to a pseudo-skeptic than a, a skeptic. Because by definition, as a skeptic, you should be open to arguments, right? You should be right. open to discussion. You, can't, you don't just automatically dismiss, uh, dismiss stuff. That's why I keep using the term pseudo-skeptic, because they, they're a fake skeptic. They're not being skeptical. They're just saying, no, it doesn't exist, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. That's not real. That's not being skeptical. You get what I'm saying? You and, mm-hmm. I, are, you and I are skeptics. Mike's a skeptic. We don't automatically believe everything. You can't. But we are open-minded to it, and we like to discuss it. We like to discuss the possibilities. Exact opposite for some, and that's what's frustrating. That's all this little feeble mind of mine would like to make clear. Yeah, and it's also uh, it's it's a good thing that more people are you know becoming aware and more open-minded about certain things in the world, certain cryptids, certain certain everything. It's 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 good in the sense that people are starting to understand that there's more than likely things out there that we can't understand or we will never understand or that we can't get our uh, get our uh, fingers around or our brains and wrapped around it. Yeah, it's good to have that thought. But uh, but a lot of us also who have always been uh, skeptical believers or whatever, like like you and myself and Mike and stuff, it's. Now, when it explodes and more people are coming fascinated with this, I think a huge population is more fascinated on a, um, what is that scale? It's just a, it's, it's not a, it's, it's like more of a money scale and I can make money off them. I'm going to hold up a Bigfoot statue and I, you can come in here and buy a Bigfoot t-shirt and like an exploitative, they're they're, They want to exploit it. There you go. Okay. That's what I couldn't think of. Exploitative way where then our little group wants to keep it to ourselves. It's like, okay, oh, sure. we'll just let's <laughs> just be here in our little little bubble. It's good and it's I, not good all all at the same time. Well, yeah, again, listeners, we encourage you to uh, share your thoughts. Um, what do you guys What do you guys think about the idea of do we need a body? Do we not need a body? Uh, Joe and I shared our belief on that one, but we like to hear from you guys. We like to hear from you guys. On any and all points, at any and all times, uh, interaction is encouraged. Uh, preferably positive interaction. But hey, we love any any uh, interaction. That's that's for sure. Joe, that I, means you're listening. Yeah, it means you're listening, and uh, we can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, if you made it this far, uh, perhaps you want to give our Patreon page a shot uh, for as little as a buck a month. You can support the podcast. Go check it out. We have exclusive Paranomaly Zone episodes up the wazoo over there and tons of um, our own personal ghost hunting investigative stuff. Video, audio, EVPs. uh, Pretty cool. It's a pretty cool page. We're having fun with it. Uh, The more and more we get um, involved with ghost investigations, Mike and I have some stuff planned. I have plans to go up to Babbitt to check out that damn school again because... Your wife got scratched there by something that wasn't there. And I want to go check that out. <laughs> and uh, that will happen soon. We'll have some documented stuff to add to the Patreon page. But again, no better way to support the podcast. Go give it a shot. Um, we're pretty passionate about it. We want to add more and more content. So uh, stay tuned. And again, Joe, thank you. This has been more than fun. Great discussion. Always a good time talking to all things Bigfoot. All things Sasquatch. 
you know, absolutely. Th- Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoy these very. All much. things are uh, all things our own personal bowel movements, um, our uh, sick and deprived thoughts. Uh, yeah, anything. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, we share our deepest, darkest secrets. So it's. Uh... Oh no, we didn't do that. That's on the Patreon page. Sorry. <laughs> oh, and see, stay away from Gruff. See He's what I mine. Did? See what I did there. See what I did there. I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, that's right. Gruff is, uh, he may be several things, but um, willing to share his human compatriots, he is not. So he is a very controlling, possessive Sasquatch. And uh, so Joe is his and no one else's. Yep, that's right. He will not talk to anybody else but myself. So stay out of the woods. So bring those onions, Joe, and no recording equipment. And I wish. And you no luck. recording equipment and no video cameras. And uh, we'll be good. Sounds like an awesome plan for professional Bigfoot explorer, Mr. Show Joseph Koffenberg. Until next time, boys and girls, we appreciate all, we appreciate all of you. Until then, as the co-host with the ghost would say, peace out.